coaching defines me. For a chance to go accept the challenge of that, but to lead some young men again, I hope that Sheridan is somebody nobody wants to see on their schedule pretty soon. to welcome everybody to the coaches in the mouth pod this is coach jeff williams along with coach bray cook the mouth is out on assignment I believe he's headed to a ball game or something tonight he's on the road mm-hmm. he can't be there man what a great show we have and the guy we're bringing on has been having breaking news all over arkansas yeah uh kevin kelly you know the head coach now at sheridan and him going to sheridan and we'll get him on here and talk to him about how that all went down and getting his philosophy on, you know, not punting and, and mm-hmm. onside kicks and in the analytic part of it. And I know he's been off working with That's Bill Belichick the, yeah. and kind of cool deal, but I'm looking forward to having on. What are you looking for? Well, the, the analytic part of it. And, you know, you know, he's so confident in, in his beliefs on how, how he coaches the game. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to the numbers behind it and kind of see what that says. Yeah, and one thing about Kevin, he's going to have the numbers. I yes. mean, and, and he studies it, does a great job. But, well, let's not mess around. If nobody wants to listen to us. Let's go ahead and bring him on. Our BSN guest this week, head coach at Sheridan, Coach Kevin Kelly. Coach, welcome back, baby. We, we've missed you the last, last year or so. It's glad to have you back in Arkansas coaching again. Well, I appreciate it. I missed Arkansas high school football for sure. Once it's in your blood, it's in your blood, you know. There's no no doubt. Well, talk to us a little bit about this. Is you know you you're at PA. You won nine state championships. You know, unbelievable run there. You go to Presbyterian, and you know, and we're there for a little bit and come back out. Just talk to your eyes. What what have you been doing the last last year, really? Yeah, well, basically, like you said, I left here, went and uh, went to the smallest Division One college in the country. Had 975 undergrad students. So it was basically like a, a medium sized high school. And, uh, uh, you know, I honestly, I didn't know what I was getting into. And I don't mean in the college game. I meant, you know, I didn't know they didn't have summer school. You know, I, I didn't know you had to ask that question. I should have, you gotta be, you know, I should have been done better. Didn't get my kids till August 7th. So I had to get them ready for a November four. I mean, a September 4th game, 27 days later. And, to be honest with you, in that amount of time, I didn't do a good job of getting them to buy in, you know, to the different strategy of a game with onside kicking and punting and all that. So, you know, I felt like if I'd had more time, I could have got some more buy-in. But I was proud of this. I think we ended up first in the country in passing per game, and I think we ended up third in total offense. So, you know, I did get to see that my offense worked at the college level against, honestly, teams that had, you know, 25 scholarships. Uh, and we didn't have any, so yeah. so I felt pretty felt pretty good about that. And then, uh, uh, and then after that, I got offered a job by Bill Belichick for the Patriots. So I went and spent some time up there. Man, learned a ton. You know, just really, really lucky to be blessed uh, and, and get those opportunities and learn a ton. Was uh, man missing my family? Was going to miss my daughter's graduation from high school, and I've missed too much stuff. And I just made a decision that I wanted to come back down and watch the family and. Coach Belichick was really nice about it, even offered me to come back up the next year if I wanted to. And I started a business down here that was basically coaching kids in a different way, two to 10-year-olds, giving them an athletic platform and a foundation for those that wanted to be athletes, for those that were on the spectrum somehow, you know, helping them 
learn to fit in and, and, and gain some confidence. And then I opened up a, uh, some classes for 55 year olds and up to help them with core and balance and not to fall down. And we use everything from Olympic rings to, I mean, gymnastics rings and slack lines to what balance on and climbing walls. And I'm talking from the two year olds to the 80 year olds. So, so it's been a fun experience and all the while I've been contracting out and doing some uh, film work for high schools and colleges and some uh, analytics writings. And then I wrote for Hootens on the seven, a this year. So, I kept heavily involved in football because that's who I am. People that say, you know, people that say, you know, you'll see a, a mayor do something and for a city and he'll get on the news and say, being a mayor doesn't define me or some doctor says being a doctor doesn't define me. Coaching defines me. That's who I am. You know, I coach guys on the uh, when, I, when they're driving down the highway, not driving well. I coach them up. I coach my wife. I coach my kids. I mean, I'm a coach. So, you know, I'm excited to get back in to, and uh, – uh, found a school in Sheridan that uh, uh, needed somebody, wanted somebody, and you look up, and now I'm able to do uh, – uh, I own a business. My son's running, and I've got Sheridan High School football, so I'm excited. Well, let's get, let's get into that. I mean, uh, you know, obviously you were around for, you know, a year, and, and some opportunities probably came your way, you know, about getting back into – what stood out to, about Sheridan? I mean, Sheridan's not been a, a powerhouse in football. I talked to you, and, and you chose them, obviously. And, and and talk to us, you know, what's your mindset going into this thing and what, what attracted you to the situation? Well, first of all, you know, I had a couple opportunities to go back to college. And, man, you know, I wouldn't mind D2 college, to be honest with you, but I didn't want any part of Division One college. I don't like the recruiting part of it. I don't like the portal. I don't like – I mean, it's – God, it's a nightmare. I don't know how that's going to end well for them, but that's a whole other show. Yeah. And uh, – but but when I was, you know, looking to get maybe get back in, and it had to be a perfect place. And I mean perfect for me, not perfect. You know, perfect might be Bentonville or Bryant, you know, facilities and – good programs and stuff. I really want people. I wanted good people. And uh, Sheridan has good people. One of my best friends in the world's from Sheridan. He coached there 22 years. And he said, man, that's a great town. So I thought, okay, I like good people. Second of all, I want a challenge. I want a program. I love coaching kids. This is, man, people say this, to, but, I, but I mean it. I mean, the youth of the day means more of an impact than we've ever needed in our society. Just ever, ever. And they need to... Remember, hard work got us this great country. Accountability, you know, doing your job got us this great country. And uh, and also that you could take something that you don't think is possible, like we did with America, and made it a great country. And, and you know, going down to Sharon, I got my first taste of that. I was introduced to a basketball game. A lot of people came by and said, hi, super nice. And they're like, hey, glad you're here. Don't know if we can win here. Don't think we can win here. Or we'll just we can't win here, you know, and – and when I looked and, and I got to meet the team and saw some kids, I hate for a group of kids to think they can't accomplish something. And if that if they think they can't win in football, do they think they can't be the first ones in their family to go to college? Do they think they can't be the first ones in their family to build a company and make something great that either helps them and their family or helps society? And And I'm a guy that wants to help guys realize if you work hard, do it the right way, and, and for me, have numbers to back it up. You can't just go after a willy-nilly idea. But if you have something that backs it up, you've got a chance to do that. And, and uh, Sheridan's the perfect place because I've been told, I haven't looked myself, they haven't hadn't had a winning season since in this century. 
that seems like a lot. And I heard, and somebody said yes, somebody said no, that they haven't won a playoff game in 46 years. And I don't know. Again, I don't know if that's true, but I know it's close to that. And and uh, so for a chance to go and, and accept the challenge of that, but to lead some young men again and and uh, just coach football, you know, it, it seemed like the right place, the right time, prayed about it, and that's where I ended up. Well, and, and, you know, your track record speaks for itself, you know, nine state championships and all the other things that you, that you do talk to us about this just a little bit is, you know, your style's a little different. I love talking to you about, you know, the analytic part of it and, and really kind of doing some research you talked about in 2014, you kind of figured it all out as far as the analytic part and what you want to do, get into that a little bit and, and we'll go little further into that part of it as far as this works for me this might not work for others yeah the steady part of you know just winning ball games doing it well i'm i'm i've got biology on my degree and i'm certified to teach all science and in science there's experiments there's labs and you can't just run one in one test and go well that's a fact you know otherwise and i always use the simplest of, of examples if I have a quarter in front of me and I flip it and it comes up heads, can I then say, well, this quarter always comes up heads? No, it was just one time. So I like numbers to back me up. And in 2014, which you mentioned, I mean, I was real lucky. A guy named Daryl Morey, who's the general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers now, he was of the Houston Rockets. He graduated uh, with a degree from Harvard, then went and got a master's at MIT. And he started something called the Sloan Sports uh, Analytics Conference sponsored by ESPN. And in 09, I went there and had a blast to get to sit on the stage and and uh, with some NBA guys, some baseball guys. It was really cool. We were talking analytics. He, I said, why'd you pick me, Daryl? And he said, you're the only one in football that's doing anything remotely with numbers. And, and basketball, baseball, and hockey in the in pro level, they're all doing it, but football's not. So we got, you know, that's what you get. Well, 2014, he calls me back and I said, listen, I don't want any money. Don't pay for my hotel. I don't want anything. If you'll give me an hour with ESPN's data scientists, he said, I'll get it done. So I got an hour with these guys and, uh, and I just asked them questions that I wanted to know the answers to that I thought mattered in football. And basically what I figured out, it was the things that mattered in football, the most things that helped you win the game, the most that weren't subjective. I mean, like we can't say, well, whoever blocks and tackles the best, what does that mean? I mean, you know, we can't really grade that, you know, exclusively. And sometimes the guy on the other side might make you miss a tackle and you didn't tackle wrong. He was just really good, you know? So what, what, what the numbers that I came up with that, that I could pattern our team around were like, who had the most 20 yard plays that wins over 80% of the time who has Turnovers is second, but everybody's doing turnovers. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's trying to punch the ball out and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then there were there were things like 77% of all teams who won the sack battle win the game. So immediately I go back and go, we're going to start blitzing, and I got to te- teach my quarterback to get the ball out sooner so we don't take sacks. Here's an example of that. When we were, uh, you know, I looked at our, I looked at the amount of times we scored touchdowns. And we and and then I went and looked and when we got a sack on a drive, what that number went down to. Okay. It went down and we scored, we scored like 80% less if we gave up a sack on a drive. I mean, they're drive killers. And I always wondered why. And then I started thinking about about it. Even if it was on first down, and I use four downs, even if it was on first down, 
you know, it, 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 it frustrated me as a play caller. Golly, it's second 16 now, you know, and you start thinking differently. You hesitate. Players are out there. They're pissed off at the tackle that let the end go. And, you know, I mean, it just creates frustration. So anyway, I took all those and had several of those things. And, and I went back and implemented exactly what we could implement at PA. And I mean, study it, pound it into the kids' heads on how important it was. Because if you make them feel like it's important and winning, they'll buy in. And so I did all those things. And, uh, man, it turned things around. I won three state championships in the first 11 years, and I won six of the next seven. So, and the numbers had a ton to do with it and the way we coached the kids up to those numbers. Well, and I think you hit on something. You're you're talking about sacks, and you're talking about, uh, you know, not taking sacks, and, you know, you hit on blocking and tackling. You're hitting on things that – that really can change a ball game and emphasize it and the part of uh, explaining it to your kids and having them buy in. Talk to me a little bit about this, and we talked about this a little bit, is getting those people, your kids, which is the most important thing, to get bought in. But you got critics also. What What's your what's your, your numbers guy going to show them the numbers? What What's your message to those people? You know, I've tried using numbers. That works on some people. But the bottom line is, I think when you speak from the heart, you win a lot of people over. And here's what I mean. I try to get the players first and the coaches, obviously, and then I get to the parents. And here's the bottom line spill. It's this. When I get hired as a coach, when I went to PA, they had never been to a state championship game. They'd only Everybody thinks I inherited a great program. They were solid people, but – they had never been to a championship game and only been to the final four once in the history of the school when I went there in 97. And uh, when I first took over as head coach, it, it, this is what I said to the parents. I said, y'all, I'm going to do some things that y'all don't approve of because you've not seen it in football that you think are crazy. And, and uh, you know, and you're and, and so what I'm asking you to do is, number one, believe this. Do you believe, and I made them raise their hands, you know, and I try to do that to get them interactive. Do you believe as a coach that I want to fail? If you do raise your hand, well, nobody does, you know, and I'm like, do you believe that I want us to win games partially for me? Cause I like to win partially for your kids. I want them to experience success partially for you, for the community. Do you believe that everybody will raise their hand? I said, then why would I do something silly and crazy that I'm going to be criticized for if it doesn't work, if that's my goal. So, you know, I'm just saying, you know, I must believe in it. I'm putting myself out there at your criticism, at the media's criticism to do that. They all agreed that makes sense. And I said, so what I'm asking you to do is, if I believe in it, and I do, I'm never going to do anything I don't believe in. I'm going to do it this way. What I'm asking you to do as a parent is, don't influence your son if you don't believe in it. I'm not asking you as a parent to believe it. I'm asking you to believe I think this is the best way because why would I not do it this way? So what I'm saying is, I'm not asking you not to say I'm an idiot. I'm, I'm asking you just not to tell your kid I'm an idiot. Tell your wife when you're laying in bed at night or tell your bartender or tell your barber or tell your, you know, your insurance agent, this coach is a moron, you know, but just don't tell your kid because if you tell him, you're actually not helping him achieve winning or a great season. You're causing him to hesitate, to not believe his coach. And there's no way you can think that that's going to help us win games. So if your goal is to win games for your son and my goal is to win game for your son, then if you're telling him bad things about what I believe in, it's not going to help us win. So you're hurting his chances to win games because I'm doing it. 
whether you like it or not, because I believe it. And that's really the way I'll probably win more people over. Well, and, and with the success, obviously, but and you've believed in this system for a long time, and it's had a lot of great success. And and it's funny because I've seen coaches pull from you and do these things, you know, the onside kicks, and you're seeing that more and more. Let's kind of turn the table here. Coach Belichick and you have a great relationship, and you've spent a lot of time with him. If you can, I know the NFL is about gathering information and not giving information out. Right. But what what did you, with the experience with him over the years and obviously working with him, what 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 did you take from him? You think you can implement in high school? Honestly, probably. And it, this is very it's a vague concept. But what I found is, he has a meeting once a week during the season to come up with an idea that could basically help. Uh, them win a game, and I'm not going to give any of the answers away, but, but help them win a game without getting any better or practicing any longer or anything like that. And it was amazing the ideas that were come up with that we would go like, wow, that makes sense. We have to do that. And basically he believes, and I, I think this is why I know they're not having a great year this year. Their defense is still good, but their offense is not good. And, and you know, some mistakes were probably made and and uh, the, the guys leading that offense, not this year, but last year, that's led to this. But but he he has stayed on top for a long time. And I don't care who you have at quarterback or whatever. It is hard to stay on top in the highest level of anything for that period of time. Nobody's done it like that. And I think it's believed – he always believes there's a better way to play the game, a better philosophy, a better – a better strategy, better X's and O's. He thinks there's a way for any team to score, to find a way to score points and any team to find a way to stop the deep, uh, the other team. And, and it doesn't matter where he gets it, which is why I think he and I became buddies. He just saw I was doing something different, got interested in it. And the more we talked about it, the more he liked different. And I think that made him not necessarily adopt everything, obviously, but made him go, look, wait, there's still a bunch more things we can do in football. You know, in 19 and probably 1990, we thought we were doing all we could in the game of football. And, 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 and then, you know, it changes and, and you see different things. And that's what's, that's what I took away the most is no matter what I'm doing, I have to keep reevaluating myself every year, make sure I'm doing all I can as a coach, as X's and O's, as strategy, as philosophy, to, to give our kids the best chance to win. And I've got to not be afraid to say I was wrong and throw that out. And I think that's the big thing coaches, and let's be honest, males in general don't like to admit they're wrong. But if you're willing to admit you're wrong, I'll give you an example. I don't know. A lot of people watching this will remember the name Pip Runyon. Pip oh. Runyon was an was awesome man. I mean, and my friend died of cancer a few years ago. I hired him in 08. I was scared to hire him because he had been a high school coach. And I was like, God, he's older. He's been a coach. He's going to be thinking this guy's crazy. And he, and he talked me into it with coach. I'm in a high school coach, a head coach. I know what, I know what I wanted. I'm going to be that for you. Like, all right, you sold me, you know? So, but me and him would go back and evaluate. And I would say at the end of the year, I'd go, Hey, list our three best running plays coach. Cause he was our old line coach. And he would list them in order of how we thought they were good. The most yards per play. And I listed our past plays. And when we got, to, we started looking at the film and we did it, the play he had as the best play was actually our worst run. <laughs> and that told me something. Now, that didn't mean we were, because he's one of the smartest men I've ever met. And, and my the play I listed as our second best pass play 
We were three for 27 that year with an interception and two sacks. And I'm like, how would I think that was the best play? How would Pip think that the inside zone to the right was our best running play? Here's what it was. On the inside zone, we had the longest run we had had all year as an 80-yard touchdown. And he just remembered that happiness, that feeling, and associated that was our best running play. I remembered we scored three of we, – we completed three out of 27. That's awful. One out of every nine passes. But two of them were for touchdowns in crucial parts of the game. And uh, one of them was an 80-yarder that helped us take the lead in a game that we ended up winning by one score. I associated those two out of 27 – as that was a great play. And I forgot all the times it didn't work. So that made me realize you have to go back and evaluate the numbers, not the way you feel. Cause you can't go. That was our best five plays. That was our best, our worst five plays. And you got to be a man and admit, maybe I just suck at coaching that play and I got to throw it out. Or maybe that's a bad play for the defenses we see or the offenses we see in this conference and throw it out. And, uh, you know, and that's what Coach Belichick does a really good job of. And that's what we did a little bit before. But once I got up there and saw that ego can't walk in the door, that that really told me something. But it is funny you bring that up is, uh, you know, you don't ever coach goes back and, and looks at, you know, what, how many times they ran it, what worked, and, and you got to dive in the numbers. I remember we would put a trap play in every year, week five, and it stunk. And we would practice it for 20 minutes that week or whatever. And yeah. I remember going back and I go, first guy brings up the trap play, buddy. It's getting hexed out. It don't work. <laughs> you know, we don't, we didn't, right, not right. bought into it in that part. Well, coach, I'm going to get y'all here. I got, well, I want you to tell one story because I've heard this story before. And I think it with your football knowledge and, and where you came from and your, your life story is an awesome story, but the story when you were in high school football, uh, and your coach quit in the middle of the game. I mean, that's one of the great stories of all time. And, and but I, after hearing it, I can see where, you know, that kind of shaped you a little bit. Get into that. It, 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 you know, it, 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 man, it's. I know it was a. I know it was a big part of my thinking in life because I remember it like I'm standing. You know, I can't remember a lot of my 17 year old self, but I remember that like it was yesterday. You know, and I was actually 16. So I'm a, I'm a, well, actually 15. I was a sophomore in high school, 15 years old, third game of the season. I won't say the coach's name. I don't even know where he is, but I, uh, 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 I was running in and out plays. You know, remember before we did signals, we ran in and out plays. And there was a senior and me, the sophomore, we were running in and out plays. And, uh, it was right before the half, two minutes left. We're at box site. We're down 14 nothing. I played at Glenwood. I'm at the little bitty town. Everybody thinks I'm a private school guy. I'm a public school guy. I mean, I was, you know, my whole life was public school. And uh, I love football because it gave me a group to be a part of. I didn't have any money, didn't have much going on. You know, dad wasn't around, all that. It was perfect. But so I look forward to my coaches as being my guys. Well, I got senior high and a new guy came in. And this is the guy. So we're in game. We're, we're 0 for 2. We're 0 and 2. We come in. We're two, less than two minutes. We're down 14 nothing at box side. And, uh, you know, we, they, they just scored, they kick off to us. And, uh, uh, the receiver, the senior receiver always went in first. So we went and stood beside coach and he told the guy's name was Randall Vesey. He told Randall the play. So he said, Hey, Randall, you tell John, John Bright, who was longtime girls basketball coach at Glenwood or center point. He said, you tell John, our quarterback, he better take a knee. We're going to take a knee and just go in at half. goes out there. He trots out there. Randall does. 
they're in a crowd, the huddle is, and I see what looks like some unrest going on up there. You know, some guys leaning in, being demonstrative, and I'm like, huh, wonder what's going on. Well, they line up, run a draw play, and we make like 15 yards on. Coach, coach goes nuts. He's yelling. He's looking at me and yelling. I'm like, I didn't, I'm, you know, I'm a 15 year old sub. I wasn't out there, you know. And Randall comes off the field and he starts yelling at Randall. He's like, Randall, you little mother blanker, you know, da, 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 I told you this. He he wouldn't, he wouldn't light on words. Coach wasn't. So, so uh, he told him and Randall goes, coach, I told him to take a knee and, and John called the play and, and the senior left guard or right guard. Uh, his name was Steven. He, he told John, if you do that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill you. And he might, coach. So <laughs> he said, John said, what do you want to call? And he said, call a draw. So we called a draw. So he goes, Kelly, you better tell him and everybody out there, I'm going to run them until they bleed or whatever. So I go trotting out there and I'm like, hey, guys, coach is really mad. He said, take a knee no matter what. And, and the, Steven looked at John Bright, the quarterback again. And he said, hey, if you – Take a knee, John. I'm going to kill you after this game's over with. And John looked at me and said, what do y'all want to run? And one of our other seniors, Scotty Howell, said, uh, let's run a screen pass. I think it was Scotty that said it. So let's run a screen pass. So John's like, all right, call the screen pass. We made like 15 yards. So we're up to the 50-yard line now in two plays. And and we got two timeouts left. And uh, there's like a minute and 20 left. I'm saying, you know, now it's going through my head. Okay, I got to trot back over here. Coach is going to be mad, but we're doing pretty good without coach. And so, so I run back over and he is just cussing and screaming at me. And I'm like, coach, I promise I told him to take a knee. I mean, these guys were the only two sophomores out there. These other guys are, you know, they're, they're not, they're, they're grown men. They're not playing around. Well, he had told Randall the same thing. Randall trots out there. They're supposed to take a knee. Now we're at the 50. He throws a 10-yard out route. Now we're on their 40. We completed that. It's the best we've done all year. <laughs> and, and he coaches, looks at, looks out there, looks at me, and says, I quit. Throws his clipboard up in the air. I never saw the man again. <laughs> never saw him. After that night, I haven't seen him since. Haven't oh. heard from him. I don't know what happened. Just it was something. Oh, I love that story, but I mean, it, it, it's just awesome. I mean, the, the things that, but I could see that has, you know, you have a coach that's not maybe as good as others. You know, what was crazy was we only had two coaches, two football coaches at, at Glenwood High School. And one of them wasn't a football coach. It was the assistant girl. I mean, it was the, it was the head girls basketball coach. It just wanted another stipend. Didn't like football, didn't care about football. His name was Bruce Vaughn. He actually won a couple of state championships. He did well at Glenwood, moved to Beaumont, Texas, won two state championships down there coaching basketball. Now he's back up here refereeing baseball, I think, you know, retired. But he took over the rest of our season. And I'll say this, we didn't win any games, but we sure did have a lot of fun. Because all he did, we'd go out there and just scrimmage. We didn't we had one human being. We'd go out there and scrimmage and just play 11 on 11 every day and go play a game on Friday nights. It was a blast until we lost all of our games. That wasn't very fun, yeah. you know, but it was what it was. Oh, man, that's awesome. Hey, Kevin, man, I appreciate you coming on. Good luck to you this year, and we'll see you down the road. Well, we hope so anyway. I mean, if, if I'm over, maybe not, but I, but I think I think I like the kids' attitudes and I like what we're going to try to do there, and so uh, I think we'll be okay, and I hope, I hope, that Sheridan is somebody nobody wants to see on their schedule pretty soon. Well, good deal. Well, thank you, Kevin. We'll see you down the road, buddy. All right. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Well, how great was that to listen to all yeah. that? I mean, the experience that he's been through, you know, nine state championships at PA, you know, tries things out in college, goes to school with their they didn't have any scholarships against other people that had 25 scholarships mm-hmm. or more. Makes it tough. Yeah. And then, you know, running his own business and then getting back into it, which I think is going to be great for the state of Arkansas. But, man, I, I, I tell you what, you know, going into Sheridan with, you know, a, mm-hmm. a, a team or a school that's not been rich tradition in, in football, and it's going to be great, very interesting to see how he does. It will be. It'll be fun to watch him. No doubt. Well, Bray, let's get this. Tell us everybody. Tell everybody how they can find us. We're, we're booming up in Continue YouTube. It's it. We're growing, buddy. Like and subscribe on YouTube, Coaches Pod, Coaches in the Mouth. Uh, you can find us there. You can also find us on X uh, under Coaches Pod. Um, our store is going to be oh, available right here pretty soon, right? Right at Christmas time, Coach. Yeah. We uh, we'll have that store connected um, uh, to our YouTube, X, Instagram, all those things. Uh, go buy yourself some merch. I'm all how about over. that. Get some merch. We gotta get some Christmas gifts, man. Get some merch. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Thanks, done. Yes. All right, man. Well, for Coach Jeff Williams, Coach Bray Cook, we'll see you next time.